you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, we had meaningful September baseball last night on TV with the 2020 Baltimore Orioles. And of course, with that comes the pain of some losses that uh, hurt much more than any losses the last two years really did. And that's uh, that's how you got to explain what last night's 7-6 to loss to the Mets felt like as we're going to break it down for you here on the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. So we're going to look at last night's loss, give three big takeaways, and then later, Andrew Rotondi, the uh, co-host of the Bronx Pinstripe Show, uh, Yankees podcast, uh, will join us to preview the huge, massive four-game series between the O's and the Yanks uh, in the Bronx that starts tonight. But of course, first we go to last night's ball game as the Orioles lose seven to six to the New York Mets and fall to twenty and twenty-two on the season. And with the Yankees seven to two win over the Blue Jays last night, the O's now a game and a half back of New York for the eighth and final playoff spot in the American League. And for last night's game, it definitely hurt. The Orioles had a five to one lead in the fourth inning of that one. Uh, and let it six to three in the sixth as well, um, and just could not convert the victory last night. But the three big takeaways uh, from last night's ball game, and the first one has to be uh, the outfield from last night was fantastic. And of course, defensively, they didn't make a, you know many spectacular plays, but at the plate, my goodness, it gives you a lot more hope. For the future, we're talking Ryan Mountcastle in left, Cedric Mullins in center, and DJ Stewart in right field. Those three players at the plate last night combined nine for 13 at the dish. We start with Ryan Mountcastle, who went four for four in the ball game last night with an RBI and a run, was also hit by a pitch in the game. All four hits were singles but he got on base all five times, as did D.J. Stewart. Uh, Mountcastle was hitting fifth in the lineup, Stewart hitting fourth. He was three for three. He had an RBI, scored two runs, worked a walk, and was also hit by a pitch. Of course, uh, his one RBI came on a solo home run to lead off the top of the fifth that gave the Orioles a 6-3 to three lead at the time. Fifth home run for D.J. Stewart in his last four games as he continues to be red hot. And then there's Cedric Mullins, who was hitting the leadoff spot, uh, and another two hits for Mullins. couple of singles. He went two for six, also stole a bag, and scored a run in the ball game last night. So your number one takeaway is those three guys were great. They led the offense all of last night, um, and unfortunate that the Orioles couldn't win that game, but, but they were definitely tremendous in the ball game. Second big takeaway uh, from the Orioles' loss last night, you know, Jorge Lopez, he wasn't fantastic, but he showed enough to to feel that, you know, we can maybe trust him a little bit if he sticks in the rotation down the stretch this year. Now, it will be interesting to see what the Orioles do with Lopez because Brandon Hyde saying yesterday uh, that Alex Cobb could be rejoining the Orioles this weekend or, or maybe early next week. And you know Cobb is going to be put right back in to the starting rotation. Uh, And right now for the Orioles, you have Jorge Lopez 
uh, and you have John Means in your starting rotation along uh, with Keegan Aiken and Dean Kramer. Uh, and then after that, you know, your fifth guy is really Tom Eshelman at the moment, who started one of those two doubleheader games uh, last Friday against the Yankees. But they have skipped over Eshelman's spot in the rotation at this point as Keegan Aiken is scheduled to start the Thursday night game against the Yankees. And what that means is, you know, they haven't named a starter for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They could be getting Cobb back into the rotation, and he could make a start this weekend, which means the Orioles are basically going to have to choose uh, between, you know, Jorge Lopez or Tom Eshelman, or potentially, potentially, uh, Carson Fulmer as well. And then there's also Asher Wojciechowski, uh, who pitched two innings in relief for the first time in Tuesday night's win after being removed from the rotation. So it's... It's really four guys up for one spot once Cobb gets back, and it'll be interesting to see you know, how they do it down the stretch. But Lopez last night, four and two-thirds innings, five runs on six hits, six strikeouts, one walk, and he allowed two long balls. Now, the five runs isn't great over four and two-thirds, but six strikeouts, they were impressive. And that was some of the best stuff, definitely the best stuff I've seen Lopez have since he joined the Orioles. Um, and the six strikeouts were really impressive for a guy who's usually not a huge strikeout guy. Uh, but despite the five runs, the takeaway is that, you know, his curveball looked really good. The fastball was moving all over the place. And his location wasn't amazing, uh, but but he showed enough, I felt like, that even though the line wasn't great, his ERA now at 6.38 on the year, I think it's enough to, to still get a shot um, in this Orioles starting rotation. Third and final takeaway um, is is really what we, we talked about at the beginning. Um, that loss hurt last night. Of course, the Orioles with the 5-1 to one lead, the 6-3 to three lead, um, five runs given up by Lopez. Paul Fry gives up the homer that ties the game. Hunter Harvey gives up what ended up being the game-winning homer, the solo shot from Pete Alonzo on the first pitch at the bottom of the eighth to put the Mets up 7-6. to six. And, uh, of course, Harvey you know, settled in after that and, and got through the rest of the inning. Uh, but it was just a fastball down the middle, and Alonzo, a great power hitter, hit it out. Uh, but the takeaway is, you know, that loss hurt, and the Orioles... You know, got the leadoff man on in the ninth. Hanser Alberto with a single. He got the second with one away, and Yores just couldn't bring him home. Uh, but but it but it hurt to watch them lose or lose last night because you know if they would have won, they would have still been a, a half game back of the Yankees. They're right in the playoff push right now. They got 18 games remaining um, in this 2020 season. They're just a game and a half back, and they're playing the team right ahead of them for four games this weekend. Um, and and you just hope you know the the loss of that game doesn't kind of hurt them like that Rio Ruiz error in the final game of that Nats series a couple weeks back did where he he made the error and the, and the Nats took the lead in the eighth on the play um, and then the Orioles just kind of didn't recover for a while and spent a week of losing before they pulled it back together uh, but you, you hope that doesn't happen here and I don't think it will I think you know they've got too many bats going too well right now as the bats kind of shut down in that last losing streak uh, but you really hope they can be resilient and bring it back tonight get a win over the Yankees uh, because, you know, it's it's fantastic to watch meaningful September baseball. And even though it's so meaningful, there's still not a lot of pressure on the Orioles because they're not expected to win this year. 20 wins would have been fantastic. Maybe not fantastic, but would have been expected maybe or okay in the entire season. But they're 20 and 22. They still got 18 games left and they have 20 victories. Um, and so the, the, they're playing with house money at this point. Um, and the losses do hurt, but the wins feel even better. Um, and even if they don't make the playoffs, and, and you have to think, you know, odds are they're still not going to. I know the Yankees are struggling. I know the Orioles just took three of four from the Yankees. 
But the Yankees have a much better roster, and as they get healthier, they're just going to get better and better. And so down the stretch, they have the advantage over the O's. But if the Orioles could at least make this close and push the Yankees to the final few days of the season, that's even a big payoff for the Orioles, even if they don't make the postseason. And I think that's still the big takeaway, despite the 7-6 to loss in last night's ball game. But there is a ball game tonight and a huge series. Wow, we uh, we would have never expected that this four-game series starting September 10th at Yankee Stadium would be between the eight and nine seats in the American League and that the winner of this series would on Monday be in a playoff spot. That's right. If the Orioles get three of four this weekend, they will be a half game ahead of the Yankees going into play on Monday after this series. And it's right in front of them for the O's. And, and at that point, you know, if they took three of four like they did last weekend, they'd be a half game up and there would be just 14 games left in the season. So what a weekend it could be. It also could, you know, get the Yankees back on track if things go poorly for the Orioles. They lose three of four. Or maybe even, unfortunately, if the, if the Yankees would sweep this four-game series, that would pretty much knock the O's out. Uh, but, but still, would be an exciting time uh, to watch baseball so far this season. Uh, but that four-game series is coming up tonight, and we're going to preview it here after the break. Andrew Rotondi, the co-host of the Bronx Pinstripe Show, uh, who has had me on his podcast a couple of times to talk about the Orioles. We get Andrew here on Locked on Orioles this time to talk about uh, the Yankees' injuries, their bullpen struggles, and, and what their starting pitchers look like at the moment as we go into this four-game set. So that comes up with Andrew Rotundi. We're talking Yankees and previewing this series after the break. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money. So you can use that money for other important things like a mortgage or food. But why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? That's where rockauto.com comes in. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, so we welcome in Andrew Rotondi to the podcast to uh, talk about the Yankees. He is the co-host of the Bronx Pinstripe Show, his own Yankees pod, of which He's had me on a couple times to talk about the Orioles, and we have him on here today to talk about the Yankees uh, and preview the upcoming four-game series between the O's and the Yanks. So, Andrew, first of all, uh, thanks for joining us today. Happy to be here. A series that I did not think going into this year would matter one bit for the Yankees or for the Orioles, other than just got to tick off those games on the schedule. But here we are. The Orioles are fighting for a playoff spot. I can't believe I said those words. You know, AL East podcast hosts were thinking the same thing because my first question to you was going to be, Andrew, uh, what what would your shock value on a scale of one to ten be if I told you back in July, hey, this uh, mid-September series between the Yankees and the Orioles, yeah, the winner of that series is going to have the eight seed and the loser will be on the outside looking in. Oh, uh, there's so many like, first of all, talking about eight playoff teams, like that's that's in and of itself a whole other conversation, but. 
Yeah, I don't know who it says more about this year uh, that the fact that the Orioles have played well over the short stretch and are fighting for uh, a playoff spot or the Yankees who three weeks into the season looked like the best team in the in baseball that they were going to run away with the division as long as they handled their game their games against Tampa and after the that three three and a half week mark it's just been an utter disaster for the Yankees so I'd say shock value very high but it might say more about what's happened with the Yankees this year and all their faults and all, all the things that have bubbled up with them than it does about the Orioles, which I, I think it says a lot about the Orioles in a positive way. Yeah, obviously it does. I mean, the O's at, at 20 and 22, nobody expected them to to have 20 wins at this point. I mean, you know, you, you saw a lot of things written that, you know, would the Orioles be a team that, that couldn't get to 10 wins this year, um, but they made it to 20. And, you know, with the Yankees at 22 and 21, they're a game and a half back of them uh, starting a four-game series. So the O's, of course, saw the Yankees last weekend at Camden Yards. And after that, that tight game one of the doubleheader fry, which the Yankees took in extras. And the Orioles were so close to sweeping that series. They had the walk-off runner uh, at third base with one out in the bottom of the eighth, just couldn't get them home. And then the O's took the next three games. So since then, um, you know, things have almost seemingly gotten a little worse for the Yankees. I know it's just been that Toronto series since then, and they did win on Wednesday to snap the losing streak. But that game on Monday, did that kind of encapsulate the the frustration that it's been for Yankees fans with the 10-run inning by Toronto? Yeah, I think that had to have been rock bottom. Uh, even though they lost the next day, only scored one run, they left so many runners on base in that Tuesday game. Monday night w- was definitely rock bottom coming off that, that Orioles series, which... Last year, they didn't lose any games to the Orioles after the first weekend of the year. And then, to, so to lose that series against Baltimore, go into Toronto, who they're chasing in the division and chasing in the playoffs, and have a lead, hand it over to your bullpen. The Yankees' bullpen is supposed to be the surest thing on this team. They have built an elite bullpen. Brian Cashman has built elite bullpens for the past five years. And if I could like put my finger on one thing, there's a million things that's gone wrong with the Yankees this year. But bullpen would probably be number one because they have blown so many leads late and their high leverage guys have blown blown the leads. Chad Green walked two batters in that inning. That's something we're not used to him doing. There was a bad error. He couldn't really get any outs. And then Adam Adovino, who was so good last year, has been terrible this year. I think he has over a 70 RA, his expected ERA, all of his peripheral stats, FIP, expected FIP, they're all terrible. He's been awful. He couldn't get an out, and he gives up a grand slam. So, yeah, that sixth inning, 10 runs, you're kind of just sitting there watching, and you're like, no, this isn't really going to happen, is it? They're not really going to put up, oh, yeah, there's another run. Oh, wow, there's another run. Okay, now they're losing. Okay, grand slam, let's just do that. And, yeah, it was it was rock bottom, I think, for the Yankees. Maybe they've turned it around. We'll find out in the Orioles series. Maybe that win last night snaps them out of it. But it somehow got worse than losing three out of four in Baltimore. <laughs> I mean, it it, it kind of did. And obviously, you know, record-wise, the Blue Jays a little bit better team. Roster-wise, the Blue Jays a much better team uh, than the Orioles. Um, but but I think just the way they lost that game Monday was tough. And, and you mentioned that bullpen, and you went into it a little bit, but I wanted to ask you again about it. You know, when we were previewing this four-game series last week uh, with Stacey Gatsoulias on the podcast, we kind of asked about the trust in Aroldis Chapman right now coming back from uh, being on the COVID injured list. And, you know, he hasn't been fantastic since coming back in just the six innings. And, you know, as it stands at this point, 
is he still the closer? Is there thoughts of of giving Zach Britton that role back? Um, and and who else has has been trustworthy because Adovino and and Green and some guys like that have really had their struggles? No, I don't think there's any discussion about moving Chapman out of the closer role. He's kind of one of these guys that needs to be the closer. That's his personality. And I think the Yankees knew that when they signed him again for the, they brought him in from Cincinnati and then they traded him and they, they, they re-signed him. They gave him a massive deal. That contract, $17 million a year. You're the closer like it or not. That's just what, who you've signed. And I mean, are we really gonna talk? Are we really gonna take away much from from six appearances out of Chapman this year? He's been okay. Uh, he's had a couple of meltdowns. He's also at times had innings where he looks dominant. So I think you just gotta say he's still getting into a groove this year. He probably doesn't even have enough time to really fully get into a groove with the way the season's working out. So no, I would say there's no closer controversy. Um, it's really just. The way the Yankees have built their team is they need minimum, bare minimum, three innings out of their relievers every night to get a win. That's if things go perfectly in the starting rotation. So it's just been a situation where one guy each night has been off and it has ruined games for them. If it's not Chad Green, Zach Britton comes in and looks terrible. He looked terrible against the Mets. The Yankees had a big lead against the Mets before that Baltimore series, and and Britain set it up so Chapman blew the save because he gives up two runs in the eighth inning. So the Yankees had a three-run lead going into the eighth, and, and Britain just has a messy inning, gives up a couple, and then it it, it just unravels from there. Hmm. So even though Britain looked really good in the beginning of the season as the closer, he's still been shaky uh, in all of his appearances. Chad Green, I would say, has been the best, most trustworthy, but he, he has even had, had times where he's looked lost. The only guy that I have no confidence in right now is Adovino, uh, of the big guys, of the big leverage guys. I mean, they use Holder. They use Michael King as like a swing man. A big loss for them, actually, is Johnny, uh, Johnny Loisica. He is out for unspecified medical reasons. Not COVID, um, but there's really no word on if and when he's coming back. And he was kind of turning into a pretty solid multi-inning reliever. And now they're without that. So that just like moves everybody up the pecking order. Um, they also lost Tommy Canely to Tommy John surgery. So, I mean, their bullpen should still be good. There's still enough arms in there to be good. It just hasn't been. Yeah, well, talking pitching, it, the Yankees have named the, the four starters for this weekend already. It'll go Garrett Cole, Masahiro Tanaka, Jordan Montgomery, and then Jay Happ in the four games. And we'll get Keegan Aiken versus Garrett Cole tonight, which is what we got last Saturday. And somehow, some way, Keegan Aiken outpitched Garrett Cole in that game, and and the Orioles got to Cole um, and got that six to one victory. But but I want to give you a take on the Yankees rotation, and and let me know if you agree. In avoiding Davey Garcia, the Orioles are avoiding the Yankees' second-best starter right now. Is that fair? I, I thought you were going to say best starter right now. <laughs> no, I, I won't go that far. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's only been three starts, so everyone needs to pump the brakes. But it was very exciting to watch a 21-year-old kid in a in a in a really big spot last night. You can't understate. Like, you cannot get swept after how they've played this week. You can't get swept against the Blue Jays 
on the road. And, and that was a huge start for Garcia. So it's only been three starts, but so yeah, I guess we can call him right now the second best starter. The, but that really speaks to no one has stepped up. Cole has been fine. He hasn't been Houston Garrett Cole unhittable pitcher. He's been okay though. Um, I actually, there was a really good article posted on Fangraphs about Garrett Cole uh, yesterday or the day before trying to isolate why he's not been the same pitcher. And it really comes down to fastball and fastball command. Do we want to say that's just a product of this weird season? Maybe. Um, so he's given up, I believe, a home run in every start. I think it's 12 or 13 on the season. So that's fastball command. Like, I think he'll get better. No one after him has stepped up. Tanaka doesn't look like he's fully, uh, I don't want to say healthy. He's not fully, uh, I guess, um, up to his normal workload. He was pulled in a game in Atlanta after 66 pitches. And he was pulled because he told Boone that his tank was emptying at 66 pitches. So you can't be a starting pitcher and only pitch 66 pitches. So that's one issue. James Paxton is injured. That's another issue. Jay Happ, they're actively trying to avoid putting on the mound so they don't have his $17 million uh, contract for next season picked up. So that's a, that's a third issue. Michael King, who I like as a young sort of swing man, has not shown the ability to pitch a second time through the order effectively. He looks good for three innings, and then it kind of unravels after the third inning. So what you've, and Montgomery, I forgot about Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery, who is supposed to be a young lefty, he's coming off Tommy John surgery, supposed to be sort of a mid-rotation arm that they can rely on to at least give them five effective innings, has averaged four innings a start. And his, uh, not this most recent start, but start before that, he got knocked out of the first inning by, by, Toronto, by uh, Tampa. So no one in that rotation has stepped up behind Garrett Cole with the exception of Debbie Garcia, but it's only been three games. Yeah. And it's, I think the Orioles are a little lucky to avoid him. And, and listen, Orioles fans know that Garrett Cole is going to be better than this throughout this contract. And, and we're sure he's going to be feasting on the Orioles for years to come. Uh, but it's been surprising that he's given up eight runs in two starts to the Orioles uh, so far this season. And he'll go out there uh, tonight in the Thursday game. But, but last thing, for you, Andrew, you know, we know about all the injuries on offense. We, we know that Urshel is out and that Stanton's out and that Judge is out as well. And, and Torres is just getting back um, to, to hopefully for the Yankees being 100% um, in this lineup right now. But, you know, Voight's been incredible. LeMayhew's been incredible again. But, I mean, has it had to be Clint Frazier behind those two guys to step up? Because essentially... The next man up mentality that made them so good last year, all those guys, you know, are having some some tough seasons this year and are not stepping up in the way they did last year. Yeah, next man up has not been as fun in 2020 as it was in 2019. But I mean, can we really be surprised about that? You can't expect 40. You can't have roster spots 30 and 40 produce for you every year. That's just not realistic. So, yeah, it's been a combination of losing Judge and Stanton, which happens seemingly every year. And they were both having really good seasons. So, so obviously, that's a, a killer. Gary Sanchez has been just un, unusable. He, you, he's been the worst offensive player, not only on the team, probably worst starting offensive player in baseball. And that's a guy that should be 
an elite offensive catcher. And he, he's, he's got an OPS plus of 52. That's like putting a pitcher in the lineup in addition to all of the next men up players, Tyler Wade, Mike Ford, uh, Estrada, Tyro Estrada. I mean, these guys have all gotten regular at bats because of injuries that when you already basically say one third of your lineup is backup players and then our starting catcher can't hit. <laughs> so it's basically comes down to four guys every night. And if they don't hit, well, then they don't score. That's what it's come down to. Yeah, Clint Frazier's been good. <laughs> so he's been good, but um, not good enough to pick up the slack of five players. And and it's been tough for them. And and obviously they'll hope, you know, they can get Judge back. I mean, that was such a weird situation with him coming back and then immediately going back on the IL. Um, and and hopefully for the Yankees' sake that, that Torres um, is, is good to go and start to ramp it up here. Um, but... But last thing for you, you know, this Yankee team sits at 22 and 21 in the eighth seed right now um, with 17 games remaining on their schedule. I, I mean, I know even a, a wild card get in this year at seven or eight, if they get healthy, they're still a, a World Series contender. If they somehow miss out on this eight team postseason, what what becomes the reaction of, of Yankee fans? Do, does it get to a, you know, this is a weird season. We were injured or, or do things get a little, get a little volatile at the end of the season? No, Yankee fans will, will want heads to roll, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't expect many baseball teams or organizations to make big changes after this year. That seems like it would be counterintuitive to everything baseball teams have done for a hundred plus years. So I don't think if the Yankees miss the playoffs, while it's an utter disaster and a failure, I don't expect Boone to get fired. I don't expect major overhaul on the roster. I don't expect any of that. So the Yankees will use the weird season stuff happens excuse, but fans will think it's a disaster. And I'll think it's I'll think it's a disaster because the Yankees should be the best team in the American League over 60 games or 160 games. And they're, they just haven't been. It's been tough with injury, but but still, they they still have guys on the field who are underperforming as well, and, right. and they're hoping to just just get into the postseason um, at this point. But you know, on the and Orioles they'll side, they'll have to face Tampa, and I'm not yeah. too excited about that because yeah. Tampa has beaten them eight out of ten, and Tampa's scary as hell with that pitching staff. Yeah, they're uh, not only trying to get in, but the Yankees obviously would love to get up to the number seven just to yeah. uh, avoid Tampa Bay and, and hopefully you know, play Oakland or, or Chicago or somebody. But, uh, you know, on the Orioles side, this will show a lot this weekend, whether they can actually contend for the playoffs. You know, if they, they lose three or four or get swept, it's it's pretty much over for Baltimore. Um, but if they take two or three, this even gets very uh, much more interesting down the stretch. But, uh, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us to, to talk some Yankees. This will be a very interesting weekend of baseball at Yankee Stadium. I, I think we'll know a lot about the Orioles come Monday. And, and we could know more about the Yankees come then, but but thanks again. Yeah, hopefully the Yankees can not allow Ryan Mountcastle to be on base a thousand times. Maybe well, that's he, uh, step number one. He reached base all five times last night in the loss to the Mets, so uh, he's he's red hot right now. Yeah, Connor, thanks a lot for having me. So thanks again to Andrew Rotondi, the co-host of the Bronx Pinstripes show, for joining us to preview the four-game set that starts tonight between the Orioles and the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. It will be interesting to see if the Orioles can keep it going and repeat what they did last weekend when they took three of four from the Yanks and got themselves right back into this playoff push. We hope they can do it 
again. But it does start tonight, and it'll be the same pitching matchup that we saw last Saturday when the Orioles won that game 6-1. to A 7.05 Eastern time start from Yankee Stadium. The left-hander Keegan Aiken will take the ball for the Orioles with a 2.08 ERA on the season. And the ace, the big money man Garrett Cole, goes for the Yankees. He has a 3.63 ERA on the season. Of course, when these two matched up last Saturday, it was a 6-1 Orioles win. Keegan Aiken went five and a third scoreless against the Yankee offense, allowed three hits, struck out eight, and walked four. On the other side, Garrett Cole was phenomenal uh, in that game through five innings, but the Orioles got five runs on him in the sixth. He ends up going six innings, five runs, just one earned because of a big error in that inning on four hits, 10 Ks, and two walks. And, of course, DJ Stewart got him for the long ball to open the scoring. So it'll be those two tonight, and then we'll be back with you tomorrow to recap tonight's game, hopefully an Oriole win that would get them back to just a half game behind the Yankees for that final spot. We'll look ahead to the rest of the weekend against the Yankees on tomorrow's episode, and then uh, give a little perspective for what all these performances and then this season so far has meant for the Orioles, and answer some of your questions. If you have O's questions, Tweet them to us at LockedOnOrioles or at Connor Newcomb underscore on Twitter. Uh, or you can email us at LockedOnOrioles at gmail.com. Get in your general questions about the Orioles, the playoff race, what this means for the future, uh, about any of these young guys. Anything you want to know about the O's, we'll answer some of your questions and do a mailbag on tomorrow's episode as well. But until then, this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 